Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hypopolyglot, a podcast dedicated to the art and science of learning languages. I'm your host, Thad Schmink, and I'm glad that you're listening in. Today's episode is part of a language fundamental series, which aims to help listeners rethink many of the fundamental building blocks of language in a way that is more conducive to learning new languages. In today's installment, I'm going to be discussing verbs. More specifically, I'm going to be talking about the wide variety of information that verbs have to convey. So stick around. I think that if I were limited to teaching my students just one element of language, I would teach them everything that they needed to know about verbs. Because verbs are just so fundamental to any language, and they are arguably the most important language element, as without them, it would be nearly impossible to determine the action of a sentence. But more importantly, as you're about to see, verbs have so much information to share. For starters, verbs express or convey time. In other words, verbs help you to know if something is taking place, took place, or will take place. Likewise, verbs can sometimes help you better understand detailed timelines. Take, for example, the statement, the house had burned to the ground by the time the firefighters arrived. Additionally, many languages employ what grammarians call progressive or perfect tenses, to convey even more specific time elements, such as whether or not an action is ongoing or completed. Take, for example, I was playing basketball, and compare that to I had been playing basketball. Now compare that to I have been playing basketball. Each of these sentences convey just a slight nuance of difference regarding the action, whether it's ongoing or completed. But conveying elements of time is just the tip of the iceberg of what verbs can often convey. In many languages, verbs reveal, or at least at a minimum hint, at the subject of a sentence. Take, for example, when you say plays in English. The added S communicates that the subject is a he, a she, or an it. Because if the subject were I, or you, we, y'all, or they, the verb would not have added an S. Likewise, in German, if a verb ends in st, then you know automatically that the subject is you. And some languages, like Spanish, have such a clear subject-verb relationship that once context is established, speakers often drop the subject or subject pronoun completely out of the sentence because the verb makes the subject so clearly understood. In a similar light, Verbs in many languages can also help you to know how many people are participating in the action. World language teachers often refer to this concept as number. Take, for example, the verb to be. If you hear its verb form am, well, you know that it's only one person doing the action because am is associated with I, and the pronoun I only represents one person. Likewise, if you heard a verb ending in Spanish like amos, well, then you would know that the subject is we, which represents more than one person. Many languages also use verbs to demonstrate levels of respect or politeness. For example, an st ending on a verb in German would clearly indicate an informal level of respect, whereas an imas verb ending in Japanese would clearly signal or more formal level of speech. Next, in many languages, verbs can also express what grammarians call mood. 
meaning that verbs, often by adding or deleting or manipulating verb endings, can often convey that what is being said is a command or a wish or something hypothetical, all of which are very key aspects of communication. Now, before I close, I do want to make sure that I emphasize that not all languages layer everything that I've touched on today into their verbs. Likewise, rarely does a language utilize none of these functions when it comes to verbs. Either way, understanding all of these basic functions that verbs can or do perform is a major secret to learning any language in my opinion. So in upcoming episodes, I'll be discussing the purpose and the mechanics of each of the various verb elements that I discussed today separately. So if you want to know more about any one of the language elements I've touched on today, be sure to be on the lookout for them in upcoming episodes. Well, I think that wraps things up for today. Until next time, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at thehypopolyglot at gmail.com. And in the meantime, get out there and start chipping away at your next language. This is The Hyper Polyglot. <laughs>